Did none of you guys yeah. play WWF No Mercy on Nintendo 64? Am I alone in this? You're alone. I played I Warzone. Was there a WCW Warzone. game on Warzone. the N64? Yes. Terrible. There were WCW I I, and WWF games on Nintendo 64. I think I played the WCW one. Those came out first. Same developer. Wait, I kind of thought No Mercy was the WCW one, too. Nope. But no, that was WWF. I've, I played a bunch of them, so I probably played it at some point. But I be. owned Warzone. Yeah. And it was terrible. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, because one of no WWF Attitude was like the terrible one by Acclaim, and I think Warzone was made by Aki, which was the good one. Oh, it's not a good one. I thought it was THQ that made Warzone. Who? I don't remember, but it was not good. I thought it was Acclaim. I don't, I don't know. It was not that good of a game, though. I played the shit out of it, though. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 42 and my name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. DJ Mandolini. Yo. And John Hines. Hello, hello. We are back in full force again. Yeah. And hopefully for a while to come here. That's right. But uh, And we're back as always to talk about some video games. And uh, John, I think, is playing the only new video game out of <laughs> any of us. Or new-ish. In, in, yes. I don't know, you explain this, John. So uh, I've been playing Kentucky Route Zero, or as Kevin likes to call it, Kentucky Route Zero. That's <laughs> right. That's um, right. That's which... root. <laughs> oh, so. Such a good pronunciation. All right. <laughs> Start the episode over. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it is a five-act game from uh, Cardboard Computer, I believe is the developer. It's a good name. And uh, That is a good name. It started, I believe it was initially released in 2013, and it has been slowly coming out. They've been uh, releasing these acts. When they first released it, it was just Act 1, and that's when I originally purchased it. Uh, and I played through it, and I loved the first act. And I was like, man, I can't wait for like the rest of this game to come out and if you bought like the first act you basically had access to all of the future acts and i'll be honest i kind of forgot about the game <laughs> wow like i knew that when uh i believe it was by the time that act two and the interlude came out after act two i was still like following development and like i just hadn't made the time to go back and play the game sure uh but it wasn't until this year, which the final act of uh, Kentucky Route Zero was released, Act 5, and uh, they've re-released it on now on the Switch, yeah. um, which has the entire package, like a thing with the original, if you bought like the original version, you had to like, I think, go to their website and download like additional stuff like with like the like codes. the patches or the updates right. or whatever. Wow. So there, there is a process. But now if you buy it on Switch and I think other consoles as well, like it's just a full complete package. Uh, it's like one game and it's nice. the collection of all the acts. And uh, I still don't have a working computer. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? I I loved the game enough. I'd be more than willing to just buy this again at full price. And I did on the Switch and I have started playing it 
and I had only ever played Act One. So I replayed Act One and I remembered, yep, this is exactly as I remembered it, and I really liked it still. Uh, played the first interlude, the second act, and the second interlude. And it is still like I think one of like it's a it's a game unlike pretty much any other. Like I've played a couple other, I would say narrative focused games, which this is like it's an adventure framework for the game where you know you're you play as characters and you're uh like you control them by like moving them around and they interact with objects but for the most part it is like really... you, have, you have direct control of your character or yes. is it like a point oh, okay. and click adventure okay it's, it's yeah it's uh i think it was when i was playing it on the computer it was like kind of a point and click but with like the at least the switch controls like you're moving the control stick left and right and you move your okay. character and then you once you get close to an interactable object you can like interact with it okay um, more walking dead-esque then that way yeah the control scheme is similar to like uh other games that i've really liked in the series and this genre kind of like with night in the woods where it is at least with uh night in the woods it's a strictly like 2d like platformer almost whereas this is a little bit more like isometric 3d like it's not you're not controlling a camera it's always a straight on view but there are some times where Mm -hmm. you move into the foreground or the background um but it is predominantly just like moving forward in text like there's not there are some puzzles or but the puzzles are mostly like you need to go to a specific place based on the like narrative cues that you're given okay um it's where so i would kind of contrast that with a another like narrative like focus game like gone home where you know that's a first person like uh interactable game where you're moving around in a 3d space and like it it's similar like you're just trying to find the triggers that move on to the next event whereas like uh this one is you know that typical like i don't know to like front on view as opposed to a first person view okay um but yeah i've been playing through the still i still haven't gotten into any of the new content uh in the most recent release but uh i had a structural question for what it's worth i was kind of interested is this a game where you're making decisions is there like built-in decision trees like there is in something like walking dead or the other telltale games that came out around the same time period so i think that's an interesting framework because like the uh i know that like telltale like you there are different endings like yeah. the or like the yes. the different choices that you make affect the story like going forward right and uh i i would also say like in night in the woods the choices that you make in that don't necessarily give you a different ending right. but it gives you a different story so there are like hmm. four main characters in that and you only have so many options during a day so you're basically choosing whose story you're seeing. Okay. And like that's on like a, a persistent running timeline, right? Right. In, in Night in the Woods. Right. So in Night in Woods, you can't see everyone's story. You have to just choose and make a decision. So that's what like the mm. choices will give you a different story that you'll view, but it's not necessarily giving you a different ending. Where like what Randall's talking about with Walking Dead, you're having like actual almost like they're not it's I wouldn't say puzzle, but you're almost like pick it. You can you can systematically if you want to. I want to see every branching dialogue path in this game. Yeah. And just systematically cross 
cross those off right. and see every outcome and whatever the decision so points the, yeah yeah so you're yeah. saying in kentucky route zero so in kentucky route zero it's like almost you are given these options to make these choices but they seemingly have no impact whatsoever mm. so basically it's just what you want either the character to say or what like you want like there are like I find myself making consistent choices based on how I perceive the characters to be in my mind. Sure. So like you are given an option where it's like, oh, maybe this character is only going to give introspective answers or maybe they're only going to give curt answers because they're rude. And I'm just like, yeah. And I was like, no, I've played this character for a couple times. Like this is how I feel is correct. And it doesn't change the story at all. But just given that little bit of agency really does immerse you oh, in yeah. the story. And, and, the, and what's the general like premise of this game? Like in terms of like the story, not to give any spoilers away or anything, but just like what's the I know the literally nothing themes. about this yeah. game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know like I've seen some like screenshots and that's about it. And it looks very it's a very striking looking game. Yeah. So Kentucky Route Zero is a uh, magical realism game where you are a well, you start the game, I think you as you play through, you have different characters that you control, but you start the game playing as a delivery driver who is trying to find this address, mm. and you stop off at this gas station, and they tell you, oh, you probably need to head to the zero to find that address, and then you, the first act ends with you finding the zero, and the zero isn't on any maps, it's a oh highway that kind of doesn't really exist in the world but it does and like act two is when things like start getting explained is a strong word um but like (laughs) you start getting more clues about like what's happening yeah (laughs) and you start to learn more about what reality is in this world so it's kind of like a mystery like it almost like again just from looking at the artwork i'm getting like a little like almost like a david lynch kind of vibe absolutely maybe, or, okay like on, honestly as i'm playing it i'm all i was thinking about is like like i love it as a piece of interactive fiction and i think that that's a really cool and unique uh experience to go through but i was really all i was thinking is like man I feel like so many more people would get to appreciate this if this was like a mini series on something. Cause I think it would be so cool if like certain shots were done, but like I, I just the way that it's done as a game, I think is so incredible and so unique, but I just wish I know that a lot of people who I think would love this type of like media or this type of story will just never play it because it's a game. So I, I both love the fact that this is a game that I really don't think is like any other game I've ever played. Wow. But I'm also bummed out that like I don't think it's going to. There's less of an audience. Right. Than if it were to just pop up on as a Netflix miniseries or something. Because even less like I feel like even within the game like popul- the gamer population like I feel like a lot of people might bounce off this because it's like very weird and very surreal and like has like a lot i wouldn't call it horror elements but like tense elements okay were were those elements there even in the first act before you really knew anything oh Oh, yeah like uh and that that i played through the first act when it came out with lauren and like 
you know, even when I was like, hey, do you remember Kentucky Route Zero? And she's like, was that the one with the mine? And that was just one specific scene. And she remembered six years later. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, yep, they just finished that game. Wow. That's kind of cool that it's like almost like a, a like a story driven game that came out like sort of like an early access in, in a way, you know, or like, I guess it's not that different from like a Kickstarter thing. But like it's like you bought the first act and you kept continuously getting the follow ups like that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, that was kind of the heyday of that during that time period. I mean, just right. the year previous is when The Walking Dead came out in 2012. So like the episodic game was like the hotness at that moment. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, at least with The Walking Dead, like that was a, a you know, a, a bigger budget thing yeah. or like had some uh, regularity to its releases. So like, I, I honestly had no idea that if you if you had told me that, oh, yeah, you'll be finishing this game in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would have thought. <laughs> but it is it's an incredible game. And I'm so glad that they actually finished it. And like, uh, I've got. Plenty of, to say about this, but I, I know, like, uh, I remember when Gone Home came out, like, DJ and I, like, you and I talked about... We had a little chat. Yeah. <laughs> just because, like, we were very... That, that was the, you know, the beginning of us talking, like, what constitutes a game? Yeah, sure. I feel like that obviously was, always a divisive conversation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think that was my first experience, or first one that sticks out as a story-driven game, and... I I know originally I was very much of the mindset like these aren't games they're just just <laughs> just make these into movies and mm-hmm. do that I've I've come around a bit um, and I I view them as you know maybe just not they're games that I need to be in a very specific mindset for and I'm not I agree. usually that sense. in that mindset I I 100% agree like also I've I bought a uh subsurface circular which is also a very similar in terms of like uh like there's some light puzzle elements but you're not really controlling a character you're just controlling like uh, like narrative cues yeah and like i i loved subsurface circular i thought that was an incredible game and i and as soon as like quarantine circular the the sequel came out i bought that as soon as it came out and i just haven't been in the mindset to play it so Mm. like i i still haven't played it and those are from the developer of thomas was alone yeah yeah which was also an interesting take on narrative in game because like those was it was the narrative was linked to progress in the game but right the game was just a series of platforming puzzles as like the narrative happened in the background yeah right which was kind of like a bastion way. type of thing that way yeah yeah i, I kind of forgot about that yeah that's yeah. exactly what bastion is but for some reason i think of that as more of an action like game than a narrative game even though that's absolutely what it is yeah that yeah, was but th- i mean hook. but they're definitely yeah, but they're definitely leaning into like the Diablo esque mechanic, yeah. combat mechanics and stuff too. So it's a good, and, and good it balance. Is, it is maybe that like introducing a more intricate uh, like system into the game and you start thinking about it in terms of the genre as opposed to like in like. Uh, uh like kentucky route zero where i'm I'm, you know the there are actual interactive elements that make it a game per se but at the same time i'm like mostly focusing on the story yeah which i think pulls me in i like having those interactive elements like i'm 
personally me, I'm, I'm not really a big movie guy. So to have something that's kind of a combination between a traditional video game and a movie is, is better for me to experience a story. And also like blurring that line, like with the second that you like add an interactive element to it, I think it is so much more immersive than like just passively watching a movie. Right. Like that's, the, that's kind of where there, I'm at. There is a moment like, uh, got, so I wanted to finish at least another interlude before I came in to record this podcast. So like last night while I was in bed, like Lauren was asleep and I was just playing the switch in bed and I was like, all right, I'll do an interlude. Those are pretty much shorter entries. And the one that it was, was, uh, the second interlude, which is basically you just watching a play. So I was like, okay, I'll get this. Like you can, you are stationary. And I think it was originally released as a VR experience. So like you're basically like, you can look around 360 degrees and like, as you like rest and look on something that progresses. Okay. So you start, you start watching this play that you are like in a diner setting and you're watching and the ending of that play was, I'm sure if I had like, seen it in vr would have like really like it's not even it's not scary but it's like again that tense unsettling yeah. and yeah. like having that moment like i had like uh, i had to like crank the volume down Ooh. as it was ending <laughs> and like as the second that it ended was just like a very because again like I had to do, I had to activate it by interacting with it. Like that level of like that just one step further than Mm -hmm. like if I was just passively watching it, even though I'm literally just watching something unfold, the fact that I still had to like interact and move a little bit, like just heighten that so much more. Yep. And it was a nightmare for me to do immediately before going to bed. Yeah. (laughs) It's on you to push it forward, which is, yeah, that just adds to the intensity. Mm-hmm. Are uh, the other like story-driven games you've played like have any of those been like horror themed? Because Night in the Woods is kind of I don't okay. So when I first played Gone Home, I thought it was going to be. So did I. And like I think that was on purpose. <laughs> I <thought> it was. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but yeah, uh, Night in the Woods has horror elements to it, and I think that's what I like most is that a lot of them have you know these tense things built into them but aren't necessarily like uh horror like straight up like i haven't it's played... not like you're playing pt right no <laughs> oh god yeah um <laughs> which is a story game yeah actually, <laughs> honestly like uh i if you also haven't seen pt watch any like let's play of it because i think it is also a an incredible experience i did not understand the fascination with that demo have you seen yeah i was I there it. when we yeah, played it I, I think it is just like one of the i do not understand the fascination of you that don't demo. get into really? horror games That's not at thing. all no they're uh, usually not fun in any way <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I'm not a big fan of I don't play a ton of first person games. I don't play a ton of I, obviously I'm not chiming in a ton on this conversation. So I don't play a ton of story driven games, although it is it is a type of a game that I like. I'm, I'm kind of like DJ, like I just have to be in a very specific mood. But it's it's typically like if I'm playing stuff, it's stuff like Professor Layton, yeah. where there's like the story is what's driving me through those games. But 
it is like there are all these puzzles just interspersed throughout the game that are kind of driving me through, like giving me that sense of satisfaction because I, unlike you, Randall, I I still think in most cases, I, I do think they're definitely examples otherwise but like i i think it's just easier to tell a story in like a film or in a a tv series um obviously there's just more interesting ways you can do that in a video game and kentucky route zero sounds super interesting in that regard so yeah i mean i i think that horror is the easiest thing to you know transition like from a you know a story into a game just yeah i can see that i just never feel scared i've never felt scared from a video game Ever in, do you ever. get scared from movies? A little bit, way more than I do from a video game. I don't know. I felt I, scared in I, some Resident Evil games, just like the tension. Oh yeah, right. Like you just. I, I yeah, I feel I, none of that. When I haven't gone through Biohazard just because I. Yeah, I get. I get scared pretty easily with those the first person horror games. Oh yeah. Do you like go too. like lights out, like shut every you know? Do you immerse yourself in the experience I, to increase I, that more often than not? Yeah. Because I like I've tried to do it. Like I I want that experience, but I have I've not been able. That's kind of why I like VR is like compelling to me because I'm like I want to be freaked out while oh, I'm playing man. the game or just so immersed. But may, maybe it's just that there's like a disconnect for for me personally when I'm playing a game that like because I'm in control. See, there's just that, something about it. To me, that's what enhances it for me. Same. Because, um, like, in a movie, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, see what they've crafted and it's going to unfold how it is. It's too easy to like, disconnect. Yeah. I and see, like, man, with, I just totally disagree. For, I, I agree well, on a second watch of a film. Like, you're, you know, all the beats, but like, man, the first time, it's, it can, well, it catches me harder. Well, for me, like, having the agency then makes me, like, really anxious about the decisions i'm making like am i doing something to enable the horror or am i you know Mm -hmm. am i in control or am i like an unwittingly like advancing walking into a trap or something you're the one that has to open that door you have to press the button to make that decision yeah yeah no i i i'm I'm on the same wavelength as you because like even like when i was watching pt like i was still getting like Nah, like, cause I didn't play that game, but that still like did a lot to like yeah. spook. Even if I re like I I played that game, and any time I've rewatched it, I've gotten like creeped out. It's, yeah, you know, I don't know, Kevin. I, I want you I, to Kevin, download Kevin's the just Resident Evil Seven demo. <laughs> I want you to. Play I don't, that. Maybe it's just something about the fact that you can like just continue, cause like what you know what if you're watching yeah. a movie, it's like whatever happens in the movie happens. You know, if that character just got killed. It, they just got killed. You There's know? the lure of a success state. Where yeah. You, like avoid all the danger and you can't like. Yeah. Yeah. Or I die and I just go up. Oh, try it again. I just I, I don't know. I, I've just. Yeah, I guess I've never been sucked in, but I, I've admittedly not really even played any of them. You know, I've downloaded like Soma and then some of the games that have come out on PS Plus over the years. Um, And then I've you know watched DJ play a couple of things. But yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, even though there, I, I would say there are like either horror or thriller elements. I, I mostly this is not a horror game. Mostly this is a game that is, you know, about this story of this, you know, world that is a little bit more than it seems, and the people who are normal that are in it, and you know, there's a lot about uh, 
like specific stuff in like Kentucky history, like also specific stuff about like labor history sure. as well, which is also a huge thing in Night in the Woods. Sure. Like, so you get, you know, the Pennsylvania side in Night in the Woods, whereas like you get the Kentucky and like there it's very different stories, but kind of a same vein. And I think it's a really interesting story that you don't typically see, especially yeah. in in any medium. Yeah. Honestly, you know, and I, I think a lot of the cool things with Kentucky Route Zero that I've also like really uh, connected with is there's a lot of art as well in it. And like with the play, like, you know, it's supposed to be like this uh, like production of like this specific thing and you're watching it like as someone who would watch a play. Yeah. And like they're in another interlude, like you're at an art exhibition and you're interacting with it as if you're actually at an art wow. exhibition. It's it's not supposed to be like I, I was talking to Kevin, like where, you know, usually when you see like an art exhibition in a movie or like a TV show, it's like supposed to be either like too high concept for you to understand right. or dumbed down so much that like, it's like bringing a specific point and moving the plot along. or it's just yeah. making fun of the idea of it in the first place. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, this was the first time that I was like, no, this is literally just like what it's actually like to be at an art exhibition. Man. Like, and like it exists wholly within this universe and it's not being anything other than just like, yeah, this is it. And I've never had that experience. Wow. I'm yeah, definitely this game bad. I was just going to say, I'm intrigued by the structure <laughs> or just like all the different stuff going on. Like I'm, I'm always, even, even if it's not necessarily up my alley, I'm, I'm all for like these games that are kind of pushing the boundaries of what a video game can be yeah. or do, mm-hmm. or again, it, whether you consider it a video game or not, whatever, if it's, if you consider it an, an interactive story, who cares? You know, if, if you enjoy the experience that that's awesome. So I am yep. curious to see like what kinds of things will come out of this format. Yeah. You know, and I think it's changed so much it since it started. Yeah. Like it's a completely different field now like, wow. than it was six years ago. And I'm, I really like the fact that, that it, we're at the place that we're at now. Yeah. And there is a part of me that like, you know, as much as I like my twitchy games that I, you know, love, like, you know, just like, I don't know, any kind of twitchy game. I, I can't think of an example. I guess we're going to talk about uh, Wizard of Legend later on this episode. So that's like kind of twitchy, yeah. fast paced mechanics Action-y. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I am that's that's becoming a thing that I have to be in the mood for now. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. to be in the mood yeah. to be like amped up and like, OK, edge of my seat gaming like and I'm not always in that. Mood. And awake Sometimes enough I do want to actually just, do yeah. well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these games are maybe this will be something that I kind of grow into. So yeah. definitely going to keep my ear to the ground, even if it's not my first interest. Kind of a random question. Uh, I mean, I, I assume y'all have checked out uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. No, I, I still have not. I done know that about yet. it. I've done other Black Mirror oh, episodes. Do you, okay. do you consider that a game? I was going to ask you guys, but I'm the only one who I, I would say so i i'd say i couldn't say it's too terribly different yeah than some actual games i mean it is it's like a choose like, your own adventure type of format right yeah, yeah. it is yeah. like very like very select parts where yeah you have to like make a dialogue choice or what have you but 
Has it been like, I assume like, cause it came out a while ago, like that's been fully mapped out by now. It must be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are, there still isn't any like secrets, like in Homestar where you had to like click on a, <laughs> like a mug in the background. <laughs> oh man, that would be great. But yeah, no, I've, I've never watched it. I actually haven't watched much black mirror in general. I've seen a couple episodes, okay. but are you looking to get yeah. depressed, Kevin? Uh, I'm already I think I'm already there I'm already there so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) trying to go in the opposite direction here but uh I guess uh a video game that's not helping me move in that (laughs) process (laughs) is uh Rogue Singularity although I am having a pretty good time with that video game uh it is I mean, it is a janky mess with don't get me wrong. It is it is a janky video game. And this is like it's a it's a, you know, with Rogue in the name of the game. It is a roguelike title. It's like a 3D platformer with some heavy influence from like the Mario titles. You know, you have like a triple jump where like as you land, you can time it and just get like a, you know, more height each time you jump. Um, But you can unlock new abilities. I only have like the one starting ability. I've played a decent amount, but I've only I've. Maybe I'm just missing how you unlock these things. I've only really unlocked like different robot. You play as like this robot um, and I've just unlocked like kind of different skins, different colors, like paint colors and stuff like that. So you get some different abilities. And uh, right now I just have the one ability where you can hold down the the A button, which is your ability button. And I can like kind of hover down for a pretty long time. It's like you get this like spinning propeller that kind of lets you you can definitely clear some segments that like are not meant. You know, you're supposed to traverse these little platforming chunks you can definitely kind of skip some by doing like a triple high jump or you can even like almost do like you can do a ground pound you can even like when you're standing stationary you can hold down the ground pound button and like charge a jump and then do like just like a stationary super high jump like almost like you would in super mario Mario 2 yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) um you even like you even flash as you charge up just like that um but it's like, you know, uh, like I saved a couple videos on my Switch to show to DJ and uh, and DJ actually experienced uh, to show to I DJ and John. Clip. And yeah, DJ uh, saw it for himself firsthand. Like there's there's this one. It might be multiple things, but there's definitely this one obstacle. And they're just these like kind of procedurally generated obstacle courses that are like not dissimilar. Like you're like kind of in this nebulous Mario Galaxy esque setting or like and then you're like yeah they're like mario levels. sunshine levels yeah like kind of like the levels where they take flood away from you mm. oh um, no those are the good ones yeah yes. and yeah and kind of like the levels <laughs> in hat and time too i think i posted some clips of those too at some point where like those ice like i don't know so there, there's some kind of secret hidden levels in a hat and time that are very similar but yeah they're just yeah. like these obstacle courses but there's one particular <laughs> obstacle that's like these spinning rotating like plasma electric current things that just spin at a you know a steady pace and it doesn't matter if you touch them directly or if you are directly in between where the beams are located you just die no matter like the hit detection is unbelievable i'll post a clip at some point but uh that's a deal breaker it's it's a little bit of a shame like it it is to the point where like when that obstacle shows up in a level I will like take a weird approach again with like a lot of times having to use that like hover float down ability to like go around it and like yeah. um it's kind of weird like you can you can do a wall jump in this game but not like you would think in most 3D platformers like where you're like in Mario you know you're running and like you're jumping off the wall and then bouncing off of it 
you can actually kind of jump like almost like you do in Celeste, like stick to the wall and keep clambering up it. Okay. Uh, which is kind of it's kind of weird to get used to. And again, the controls are are pretty good for the most part. They're they're a little slippery, but it is it is a fun game. As much as I'm kind of bagging on it, it's and there is some issues. It's janky as back. it comes, but I just keep playing it. It's like bite sized chunks. There's like daily runs. That's cool. Uh, the graphics, you know, are kind of generic, but they're but they're decent. Um, the first setting, like the first world you play through, there's kind of like three worlds per zone or whatever and there even was like kind of like a boss battle that i got to after like a certain number of levels it wasn't necessarily like i didn't have to beat the boss i had to like dodge all its attacks and then like when there was an opening then i would there would be an opening to a path and then i'd have to run down do a little obstacle course thing and like the boss would keep following me and that was kind of a cool that was actually one of the cooler levels once i figured out what to do uh how to get like past the boss and slip past them but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I picked this game up on sale for a buck fifty, so nice. <laughs> I'm not complaining by any means. But uh, it is like I think it's normally fifteen bucks, and I would definitely be a little bit disappointed in the sense of just the the lack of polish in some regards. Yeah. Um, and it 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 definitely feels like a budget title to me, I guess, in in some in some ways. But in some ways, it really does, you know, th- making a character that controls well in a 3d platformer is not an easy task and this game for the most part feels pretty good so okay i don't feel other than those cheap deaths due to like hit detection i don't feel like i'm dying because of like i couldn't judge a jump you know um you do get a double jump as well so you can like kind of you can really finesse your way like you guys saw me save a couple of like again with that sticking to the wall and being able to clamber up it the toolbox that you're given like does allow you to do like a lot of creative stuff and i think that that is definitely a strength of the game like watching you play and just being like like i would was watching things i was like oh this is how i would approach it and then you're just doing something completely different and i think that's that's cool a, a testament to like actually really good like control design yeah and and like yeah most of the the levels are strung together in like a, a genuinely procedurally generated way. And like the, the first time I booted the game up, it was like the first obstacle I came across. The way things were laid out was like almost impossible oh, to get no. past. <laughs> so and then and I was like, what the hell? This game is impossible. And I was like, oh, I just got like a really unlucky draw on that one. But uh, I don't know, like a lot of procedurally generated generated games are really not actually you know they're like handcrafted rooms that are then just procedurally strung together right where like this is like seemingly just truly like here's a bunch of random shit um but Mm. i am having fun with it i i don't really know where i stand i don't know if i can give it a wholehearted recommendation but you're still playing i'm still playing it and i probably will keep playing it so singularity may be worth it if it's on sale still Sounds yes, like. that's that's what I would say. And I I wouldn't say, you know, it doesn't I this was like a steal at a buck 50. I wouldn't be mad if I paid like five bucks or something. Yeah, because uh, it is I've, I've already played probably for a couple hours. So it's not not anything that I would scoff at. And it is it does seem like a fun like game that you could play at like a, a party real quick, you know, sure. And, like just pass a controller around. Yeah. But uh, a game that we haven't had to pass a controller around with is a uh, Wizard of Legend which is what DJ and I have been playing a lot of co-op. John and DJ played a co-op run right before we recorded tonight. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, uh, shortly after that Thundering Keep update, which I think just added like a new zone and a bunch of new like spells and new new relics and stuff. But we've just been playing quite a bit more. 
uh, unlocking a bunch of new arcana, which are like the cards and spells that you get. Um, and the game has just been getting, for, at least for me, I don't want to speak for everybody, but it's just been getting more and more fun um, as we unlock new abilities. I mean, obviously, that's just part of the fun in general is like, oh, what's the next ability we're going to be able to unlock be? Um, and you're able to pick from usually like three or four different ones. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of depth to this game. I still have the same gripes that I had in the previous episode that I wish there was more level variety and stuff. But yeah, it's really fun. But yeah, it seems like it's mainly, you know, thriving on the mechanical variety. And now it seems like we're at a place where we're kind of like. Like, oh, yeah, like this is my setup, like I, I'm good to go with this, like it's feeling it it's feeling like we're we're equipped the way we want to be equipped yeah or at least having options that are allowing us to play the way we want to play like yeah. more you can play you can almost have a setup that has more ranged attacks or more melee attacks oh, or cool. more defensive strategies or more you have a lot of options like we talked about something like the relics are like a thing that like when you when you go into like the chest where you equip them at the start of your run, like it looks like there's like a there's an offense. It's really nice that they keep them organized There's like an offense drawer, a defense drawer. And then I forget what the other one is, but there's like three categories and it almost seems like you're going to be able to equip like three, you know, buffs to start the run with. But you only get to pick one of those and then you can buy more, you know, in the shops throughout the runs and stuff. Um but yeah, and I, I will another thing I will say is that I have only been playing this game co-op like I've I've booted it up even once or twice. Like maybe I'll play a Wizard of Legend run by myself and I'm just like, actually, I'll just wait till somebody comes over to play some because it, it it definitely that that lack of visual variety and stuff just is I, I don't know. I, I know it sounds dumb, but it's just not enough to keep me coming back on my own. But it is a really fun couch co-op experience. I'm I do like the looking, pixel art in the game, though. Oh, it's beautiful. And yeah. I know we talked about the music last time, too, with uh, the same uh, guy who did the Sparklight soundtrack, uh, Dale North. Really like the soundtrack in this game a lot as well. I think they just released a uh, uh, like piano version of the soundtrack oh, on cool. vinyl, actually, nice. Uh, nice. which is super cool. It looks really nice, like the at least the artwork sleeve. I saw some like tweets or something about that. Nice. Um, but really, really just like the, the game's super polished. Um almost like i i'll almost say there's almost too much like the all the different arcanas in the game like gets overwhelming to me like which you only get to pick four and mm-hmm. there's i think well over a hundred at this point in the game so it does get to be like okay like i, I don't know I, I appreciate the variety but it does seem like there's a bound to be some redundancy and some just like it could get overwhelming maybe once you unlock everything yeah sure also to make I'll your choices because uh I played co-op for the first time uh, following this update and and first time post patch, right? Correct. Yeah. So a, a thing that I had mentioned earlier on like the previous episode, like my gripe was like how slow the progression was. And that was a thing that after playing one round with like DJ, like following this update, I had gotten in like previous runs when I was playing solo, I would get, five gems at the end of a run and like that would be like me making it to a boss and like i would lose to the boss but i you know there are the two mini bosses for like the stages leading up to a main boss and like i still would just not get enough to even buy like one arcana 
And yeah, the gems are like kind of the main currency in the game that you spend in like the hub world. So the thing like uh, the prospect was like, OK, I'll have to do multiple runs before I can even change my loadout. Right. Whereas like following this update and playing one round with DJ and I don't know if this is just because like playing co-op, we advanced further or like or like racked know. up better combos because it does seem like it it combines your combos together. Oh, yeah. It kind of like really is truly cooperative. But like in addition to just That's like cool. you know it being a faster paced game and us being able to do more damage and do more things because there's two of us on screen i ended that run with 50 gems that we gained <laughs> wow which is enough to buy five arcana and like yeah. that is such a difference from like my original experience i had with this game like that and that literally like changes the entire night and day yeah because like, I, I only played maybe a tiny bit pre-patch and i do vaguely recall having that like Man, this seems like this game's gonna be a grind, and I—that's oh, yeah. probably why I never picked it back up. And then the update came out, and it's like, okay, play some co-op, and I'm kind of—I'm into it. I definitely have that itch to want to beat it with DJ, yeah, and I know like same. that DJ definitely helps encourage that because he just <laughs> has that. Just like once he starts playing a game, <laughs> like it's like he—it's a you challenge. Don't let the game <laughs> the win. Cha- yeah, the challenge is on. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I definitely want to beat it, and I'm definitely still enjoying the mechanics, and I'm definitely still enjoying unlocking the different arcana. I know I was saying, like, oh, it seems like it might get overwhelming, but it's still fun to see what the new abilities you get are going to be. But it does, I feel like we have spent definitely some time just sitting in the menus, like, well, let's try this, let's try yeah. this, let's try this. So. Well, it's cool that it's so easy to test out everything, like... Yeah, they have like a little battleground with like little wood, like scarecrow esque minions that you can just wail on. Oh, that's nice. Real quick uh, to test out your abilities. But there's like little cool things we're discovering, like when you're like your blue meter's full and how you unleash just like your a, signature move. You do like an extra powerful version of that if that's that. fully charged. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot going on and they don't explain a lot of it. I mean, and I guess it's been a while since I played the tutorial, so I'm sure they actually do. No, they, they so. do. It was just stuff that I forgot. But it was still like I hadn't played this game in months and like it was easy to pick back up. Like it's very well communicated at the bottom of the screen what all your like spell slots are, like what button they're mapped to. And you just get used to like, all right, that's dash. That's my range attack. That's my melee attack. It's it's an easy game to pick back up after you learn it yeah yeah and it's intense it's very intense very fast pace especially uh you know if if you and your buddy beat a boss and then have to face off against each other yeah that's really fun it does like a little showdown old Uh, school double dragon full health yeah yeah so it's just like there can only be one yeah one wizard of legend (laughs) that's Um, funny yeah so that's definitely something I, I want to play more together with you guys. Um, and another game that I want to play more together with all of us is yes. Rocket League, which we mm-hmm. also played a little bit the other night. Um, I think it was our first time for all of us playing Chaos Mode, yeah, which, which is, is the, four. the four on four. Unfortunately, it doesn't let you play competitively in that, which kind of doesn't make sense. Why. Yeah. Um, it's not a true esport if you play four on four, <laughs> but because uh, you can just have someone to be goalie. That <laughs> that, yeah, I guess you still do that at three on threes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean it, it changes the game, but every mode does. You know, if you play yeah. two on two or three on three, like one every on mode. Totally yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, it, I mean, it didn't feel. I to me, the chaos in the title is not necessarily justified. It just felt like we were playing Rocket League with like a little bit 
faster pace or more like the ball is just bouncing around a little more. Yeah, it's yeah. easier for someone to get a touch on the ball. Yeah. yeah. But you also don't feel like you have to race back to the goal like as as much as you would before. Like there's there's more confidence that like someone will be there. Yeah, yeah. you can play a little more aggressively. Um yeah. Or a little more haphazardly, maybe. Yeah. But uh chaotically, would you say? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I, I just I mean, I, I don't know why we need to talk about Rocket League more because it's other great. than it to just fun. say it's just it so fun. All four I, of us playing a game together in our own team, the pursuing pixels. And I think it's, oh no, we weren't doing cross platform, but again, it is awesome that you that this game does support cross platform yeah. and just so I can you play can just, on my PS4 while you guys are all on your Switch. Which is yeah, really cool. Yeah. And it just, it's just in a, it's, I, we were saying that I said this the other day and I, I am somebody admittedly who speaks in hyperbole at times <laughs> or maybe, maybe not even at times, but yeah. at many times. You always but, speak in hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is one of the greatest games of all time. It's a top five. And, top and tier maybe multiplayer even game the best the game. Least. Yeah. It's just. It's just incredible that yeah. there's just so much depth to these mechanics. Yeah. And it just never ceases to be fun to me. It is always engaging. I always want to play one more game. I, I'll play until I'm tired enough to want to till I have to go to bed. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a, just an amazing game. I love it. And it runs really well on Switch at this point. When it first came out, it was a little. Uh, but they've I was just going to the point where it I was runs just going to really nice. I was just going to say they've definitely improved it significantly since it first came out. Oh, on Switch. yeah, a ton. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a totally different experience now. And it's just such like like most Switch games. It's such a good marriage with the Switch for that pick up and play aspect, too. Oh, yeah. And it's so immediate. Unlike, uh, you know, some some online games just can be a pain in the ass to try to find a game, you yeah. know, to try to find somebody to play with. So the community is so massive. It's like, insane. It takes, yeah. There's so like 100,000 no people at any given time. Seems like playing it. Rocket League. So, yeah, you can find a match within like 30 seconds, almost guaranteed, even on the switch and even with my pretty crummy Internet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, league. What's that? Play Rocket League. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> first time. <laughs> but yeah, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there this week with the video game chat. And uh, we'll be back next Monday. But uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pursuing Pixels. We're at uh, PursuingPixels.com. Uh, you can email us at PursuingPixels at gmail.com. You can also challenge us on Rocket League. Uh, our uh, team name is just Pursuing Pixels. I actually don't know if you can actually directly it's an open challenge, challenge us, but just, uh, just look for us. You might see a little uh, little PP tag next to our names there. So <laughs> Look yeah, for the PP. We're out there. <laughs> we're out there. So, uh, yeah, until next Monday, we'll uh, catch you all next week. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. You guys hear that? Yeah. Someone's just like blasting music. Oh. <laughs> what? What is that? It's triple my fucking my oh, fucking. Jesus. I have an I have one of those Amazon Alexa things.
I think it's playing. I think it's sunk up. It's playing my Triple H theme song in the other room. In the other room, I kept I kept hearing this clicking, and I was like, "What is that clicking sound?" I, I thought it was like just like the floor creaking, but I was like, "That's like, way too consistent." Your, your phone's right there, and I'm like, "None of neither of our phones are playing music." You hear it though, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I gotta go shut that off. This on. <laughs> this on. One two. <laughs> Oh, God. Christ.